0: This is Living Inspired Podcast. Listen in as we share stories of people who have overcome the challenges of living life with a disability and have successfully created a business nonprofit organization or dedicate their time to supporting others. Hi, I'm Chanel Johnson and I'm Cameron Munoz. Our first two episodes
1: are an introduction to Chanel and I. We will share our stories and share what has inspired us to start this podcast
0: so this is it cameron yes yay, yay we, got just... it. we made it yes yay! we're doing it we
1: are here it is the day that our first episode is being released and we are so excited Woo!
0: yeah a long time coming we've been planning this since what last year yes this is great oh my goodness so hopefully this this would be an inspiration to others to start something new and something inspirational in their life. Right. Cameron? Yes, absolutely. That's the
1: hope. That's the heart of what we're doing to yeah. inspire, to empower, encourage all of our listener friends out there that um, might be thinking of doing something different in their lives too.
0: All right. Chanel, awesome. yes. how, how are you feeling? I'm, you know what? <laughs> It's been a long time coming, so now I'm like, I'm just so excited to get started, and I'm so excited to see what our audience thinks of this podcast. We put a lot of our heart and soul into this, and we put a lot of hard work into this, so I'm just excited to see what comes from this, and I'm excited about all of our guests, but of course, we had to interview each other to just kind of... You know, introduce ourselves to our guests and our yes. audience, rather. So yes, and that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And in yeah. fact,
1: it was so much fun. It lasted a very, very long time, and so then we had to break it up into two <laughs> parts. So, you guys, um, I hope you all enjoy listening to Chanel and I and our conversation and getting to know um, the inspiration yeah. Yeah. of our stories and where and why we're here and why we're doing this.
0: Cameron, you're an inspiration to me because I mean, you just your life as a nurse and as a mom of four beautiful boys and a, a wife and a friend and just the daughter of God, just a beautiful person inside and out. So just I, let me know. What, what, <laughs> what, do, you, what do you think? <laughs> um, that's so kind of you to say that, Chanel. Yes.
1: Um, and, and likewise, Chanel, I love spending time with you and I love your heart and your purpose as a mom and a wife and um, friend and a daughter. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, we um, share our faith. We Mm -hmm. share Mm -hmm. both being an only child
0: Yes.
1: and all of that that goes along with that. And um, so
0: we're, I don't know. I feel like you know, when, when you're living, you know, in this time frame, you just pick apart the differences in each other. And it's yes. nice to see the similarities. And we're both, of course, women mm-hmm. and women of faith. And we both uh, have children, and we're both extremely busy. And yes! <laughs> we have jobs. And we have, oh no, Cameron has animals as well. <laughs> right. The we whole farm. Yeah. And it's just so nice to kind of see all the similarities that come from that rather than dwell on our differences, right, Cam? Yes, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. 100% sure. All right. Well, Um, we hope that you enjoy listening to this part one of episode one, the introduction to Chanel and I, and be sure to subscribe to our channel, listen, review, follow us on social media, Facebook, and Instagram.
0: Cameron, what, what platform are you going to be listening?
1: I listen to my podcast on Google.
0: Oh, see, I'm an Apple girl, so I definitely use Apple whenever I listen to any of my podcasts. So any Apple audience members out there, then you definitely can enjoy that on that platform.
1: Yep. And we can also be found on Spotify.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And our website, of course. Um, So, yeah, definitely check us out. Reach out anytime and uh, give us feedback. We thank you for your support. Thank you, friends and family and audience members for all your love and support in this. And definitely our husbands in making sure our children are good.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed. That is for sure. Shout out of love to them. Yes. Enjoy. Enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy.
0: Recording in progress recording in progress we're ready okay okay
1: so you want me to just start talking and answer the question tell me about yourself right
0: okay you want me to um okay I'll um yeah you can start talking and answer the questions you can you're okay yeah
1: all right so my name is Cameron Munoz I am um a wife and mother and nurse. Um, I've been married to my husband for five years and I have four sons that are all diagnosed with autism. Um, Their ages are 15. I have twins that are nine and an eight year old in just a few days. And then um, I'm also a nurse and um, Mm co-owner of Cousel Ranch, Florida, a nonprofit organization located in Sorrento, Florida.
0: Oh, is it my turn? Hi. My name is <laughs> Chanel Johnson. <laughs> Thanks, Cameron. Um, where do I come from? Sorry. I come from. I come from <laughs> I come I think from, from can New York. You need to pull up the questions in front of me too. Let me I know I have it in, I have it in front of me now on on my phone. Okay, so I come from New York, originally moved down here um, to Orlando, Florida. Cameron and I live within maybe two miles of each other, if that. Uh, So I, too, live in Sorrento. Um, I am married. I've been married for seven years. Uh, I have a child. Uh, I have one son, Jaden johnson and he is six years old and um and yeah i um i'm happy to be joining Karen on this journey you want to go to the next set of, set of questions please?
1: yes i'm trying to bring
0: okay. them
1: up sorry oh, okay. oops i dropped it again <laughs> <laughs> all right Okay. Oh my gosh. We have piglets. Abner <gasps> just walked in and showed me. Is that Pepper's piglets? Okay. Can
0: I see? Can you? I don't know. Can you see the? Uh, tell me if you can, see it? I can. I saw a little bit and then it just kind of went, went out. Okay. Okay. I see. <gasps> Congratulations. Where, this is a big day. Oh my goodness. They were just born today yeah just today just <gasps> now that's so, so you fortuitous <clears throat> the day my now. mind is we're ready to leave and then <laughs> we have
1: people watching our, our animals but a bunch of piglets now
0: the... I love it oh my gosh congratulations that is like like I said that's fortuitous that the day that we start is the day that your piglets are born. That's so awesome. <laughs> I love birth. Anyways, go ahead. I know. Me too. I forgot
1: to answer the question. Where are you from? I oh, am okay. from uh, Florida. I'm a native Floridian, third generation. Woo!
0: Um. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. where where that. where's your family from before before that? Um,
1: my parents both were born and raised in new Smyrna beach and my dad's father was born and raised in Fernandina beach. And so, um, they were all fishermen. So my dad, um, my grandpa was a fisherman and a shrimper. And then my dad oh. did that same line of work. Yep. Oh, that's
0: so. awesome. So before, yeah, my- before transitioning to America, where, where's your ancestors from? I have no idea because my
1: family has been in the U S for generations upon generations. Like my aunt, um, no, my grandmothers, the Bennett's that's my maiden name, Bennett. um, Um, my grandfather was one of 11 kids and one of his sisters did some work tracking down our family, um, tree, um, and then my mm. grandmother did the same thing. And so my grandmother was a Lee and traced the steps back to Robert E. Lee in the Civil War. So, like, that's how far, how long my country's been, my family's been in this country. So, I don't really have a strong sense of identity with any culture or immigrants okay. that came okay. to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my mom's family like my my grandmother was French and um and my mom's parents lived up north and like um I think they had a sh- a bakery in New York maybe somebody told I don't know if it was New York City or New York or if it was Pennsylvania I've heard Pennsylvania I've heard New York Wow. I don't really know for sure, but they were bakers and they had a bakery. But then my mom's one of my mom's sisters was always cold in that climate, um, always sick in that climate. And um the doctors recommended mm. that they move to a warmer climate. So that's what brought them to Florida and to New Smyrna Beach. And um, and so my mom was born in New Smyrna Beach, but she was the only one out of her family that was born in Florida.
0: So that is interesting
1: there's my story that's all I know
0: (laughs) that's all you know (laughs) (laughs)
1: but I I think the Bennett name has like an English like a British Mm -hmm. heritage or Scottish I've even found depending on where you look but um anyway that uh we're going on a sidetrack what we do this right this is you and I we love to talk so this is why we're doing (laughs) this together that's why we're doing this together yeah I am um, as a young girl growing up, like I felt like who am I for so long because I felt like I was looking for something to connect myself to as part of my identity. And I felt like just to say, oh, yeah, I'm an American, white American female, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. What, does that, what mean?
0: does
1: that mean? Yeah. And, <clears throat> um, and so it was really, I don't know. It left me longing for a lot when I was young. Now I have come to recognize my identity in Christ and I know I'm a child of God and, and I, um, that is what fills me, you know, I think it just was longing for looking for connection and how, how do I relate to others? You know, but anyway, side, side conversation.
0: Not at all. no, that's that's awesome. <laughs> I think I think that's kind of awesome. Um, so just a little tidbit about me. My mom's family is from South Carolina. and that goes back to who knows where it goes way back, probably. And then my dad's family though were immigrants from Barbados. So oh. I had that juxtaposition. And then so there is a a very strong difference between, and you probably know this because your um husband is Puerto Rican, and there's a difference between Puerto Ricans culturally and Mexicans, and culturally there's a difference between African Americans and Bayesians, and people are from the Caribbean. Um what do they so call them? They,
1: What's the name that you said?
0: Bayesians.
1: And that refers to people from Barbados or people from the islands? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. I've never heard that term before. They have
0: their own culture and identity. And then if you go to a different island like Haiti, they have their own culture. So I get what you mean, because, um, you know, in America, you know, we identify as black and white and so forth. But then what does that mean? And then there's so many different variations of that, people from the south versus people from the north versus people from the west. And once you discover your identity in Christ, you realize that your family is quite big and your brothers and sisters look different. Yeah. And that is the beauty of um of being a part of Christ's family. Yes. Yeah. Yep sure is. Mm -hmm.
1: I love it. What a wonderful conversation.
0: This is why
1: we're doing this together.
0: Yes. I love it. I enjoy conversations (laughs) with you. I always enjoy conversations with you, though. I really do. audience about your family, like the family member that you have and the personal experience with, with disability.
1: Okay. So, um, I have four children and all of them have been diagnosed with autism. Um, and what that means for us, you know, it's different. Autism is a spectrum disorder. So there's um, a lot of variation in the way autism affects others, depending on who you're talking to. Some people are very what they, what they call high functioning, and other people are lower functioning. And um, I think for my kids, we're probably right in the middle, or a little bit on closer to the lower functioning side. So autism for us impairs their communication. All four of them um, have had a significant delay in language and ability to communicate. Um, And then uh, sensory processing is another thing that they're uh, affected by. And we also have some hyperactivity in the mix. And so um, some of our biggest struggles is um, communication, yes, but also like assessing comprehension Uh, we have, we need, um, all four of the kids need a lot of support in learning new skills, academics and life skills. And any time we're learning something new, it takes a lot of support and a lot of patience (laughs) to help them learn and grow, but they do learn and they do grow. It just is on a different timeline for
0: sure. So when you say sensory, like explain that. So, um,
1: So with autism, you can have people that are hypersensitive. And then again, you have people here that are um, hyposensitive. So if someone is hypersensitive, that means um, they're they're like taking in so much input that it's kind of overwhelming and they're too sensitive. So maybe they don't want you to touch them or they'll cover their ears when they're um mm. if the sounds too loud or they tend that tends to also exhibit through picky eating and not wanting to taste a lot of things and and the textures and stuff um mm. so and each each of the five senses could be mm-hmm. either hyper or hypo they don't you're not just all hypo in sight um sound you know smells and all of that stuff or you're not just hyper um so Um, each one of the senses can be affected by either hyper or hyposensitivity. And you also Mm -hmm. include in that, um, proprioception, which is that, um, sense of where your body is in space and, and, uh, like touch input. So, um, so they are, um, hyposensive in a lot of ways, when you're hyposensitive, you are always seeking input. So um that exhibits through, mm-hmm. they're always holding something and shaking it in front of their face because they're get, looking for like visual stimulation. So that's a way that they call stemming. That's a behavior that is characteristic in autism. That, and so um it's a way that they can regulate themselves and, and calm themselves, but it can also interfere with behavior and learning and stuff like that. So you really have to, Take each case by case to determine how to teach them how to regulate and do it in a way that doesn't interfere or with anything else that's happening, I guess, Um. if that makes sense. But so they are um, stemming visually. Um, They'll do vocal stemming, too, which um, is just like constantly making sounds and noises. Um, and then a lot of times you see it displayed with movement so that like pacing back mm-hmm. and forth running back and forth, jumping mm-hmm. um, all of that physical activity is a way of seeing input for that like proprioception with where the body movement and vestibular is the other one where when you know what that um, gets stimulated when you like turn upside down or, bounce or spin
0: mm-hmm, that
1: mm-hmm. sense too so um they do a lot of sensory seeking behaviors <clears throat> with that with that so um
0: and i feel like we all stem at some point yeah. but then then those with um that's on the spectrum they they're they're hypersensitive and they stem yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Often. And they sometimes need to do it so that they can learn. So Mm -hmm. it's asking them to just sit and pay attention and focus and be still is interfering with learning rather than just allowing them time, you know, to have movement or do other things uh, with their body doesn't mean they're not paying attention or learning. It just means that, um, you know, they need time. They need to do it a different way.
0: Right. Interesting. I, um, well, I experienced uh, early, early, early on in life. I was four years old when, um, no, probably sooner, when my sister was diagnosed with um, a brain tumor, neurofibromatosis, and it runs in my family, which is um, pretty prevalent in Jewish and African-American communities uh in certain Jewish I guess in in African American communities. And basically it manifests itself in um tumors and cancerous tumors and growths. Uh so I've had many, many family members that have suffered and and ultimately have died due to that disease. And my sister was young and she was younger than me. And she was about two years old, two and a half, when she passed away from the brain tumor. Um, so that was my first experience with with engaging with someone with a disability and all the accommodations that go with that. Um, and then I have um, uh, a cousin who has two autistic sons and... Um, And I've had many family members, which is varying disabilities, uh, physical ailments and conditions that, um, you know, that they live with every day or they ultimately pass on from it. Um, And the biggest challenge that I faced with uh, with just seeing it displayed in my and just in my life and in my family's life is one is um like I said the accommodations and the cost mm-hmm. and what that means. Um it was a huge, huge uh sacrifice that my parents had to kind of endure. They spent eighty thousand dollars in um round the clock nursing wow. for wow. my um my sister. Yeah. And she had seizures with her brain tumor. So there had oh, to be wow. a nurse that um could then treat that grandma's seizure whenever it ever occurred. Her head wow. was like hyper is it called hypercephalus? Is that what it is? Yeah. Hydrocephalus, like water hydro in your brain. Yes, yeah, hydrocephalus um head where it was enormous head. And her body was super, super, super tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, mm-hmm. and the tumor was just rapidly growing to the extent where um it just caused a lot of pain and crying that she was doing she she, but she had lots of personality even at one and two years old and I remember her being very um very smart and she was she had a lot of um a lot of fight in her and about two two and a half she passed away of that and it of course it, it you know that was my only sister so I didn't have any other siblings and I'm an only child just like Cameron and um that has changed the probably the course of my entire life I don't know what I would do if I had a sibling and um being an only child I know Cameron can relate we have quirks and we've we've developed a just, you know, an identity of being an only child. And that I wouldn't say that was a challenge, but it definitely changes like someone with a disability changes the course of your entire trajectory of life. And um with well
1: the Greek I mean, like going through I'm just imagining you as a three-year-old little girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. grief going through that grief and what does that look like and how did that have an mm-hmm. impact on you and your heart and
0: your mind yeah.
1: and you know i know for me the grief that i've experienced um in my life shaped my heart in such a way and showed me who god was in such a way i wonder mm-hmm. at for, you know when mm-hmm. do you have any memory of of mm-hmm. that and the healing absolutely of your grief from being so
0: yeah, absolutely. So this was back in the um early 80s. So in my household there was a huge there was just this momentum of supernatural healing and faith and you know <clears throat> um and having faith and you know watching people transform by supernatural healing and um you know the the church was a huge support during that time that um my my sister was suffering a huge support. It's just larger than life support, and um, I after experiencing that and experiencing ultimately the loss of 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 losing a sister, um, I I remember What's even being name? in the hospital. Say it again. What was her, her name? name? Kathy. Kathy, Kathy, yeah, Kathleen Griffin. Mm-hmm and even in the hospital room i i uh my mom you know uh felt as though when she was with my sister the last moment she she said um i felt as though my you know my daughter said it's it's time for me to go home it's time mm-hmm. and so she ultimately in her way my mom released her and said okay lord she's in your hands that's it i'm i'm not going to you know prevail and um, prevail against your will, that is. And so ultimately she was, um, she was taken and she, she, she went on home to be with God. And when my, my mom came out to tell me she was crying, crying, Oh my gosh, your sister died. And then I turned around and I said, well, what's, I don't understand what's she's in heaven. She's healed. She's in heaven. She's good. She's like wow. I, that was my first reaction. My initial reaction wow. was, but she's in heaven. She's happy and she's so healed. it's okay. It's okay. And, and at four
1: years old, you knew that. Four years you old. You knew that. I you knew. You knew where she was going. You knew well enough about God to know that yep. she has her, and he that um, her. that's right. And that you were rejoicing with her because yeah, she was
0: yeah. in heaven. Yeah, oh, that's, that's beautiful. So I love that. My grief, though, afterwards was more of that feeling of, oh, no, I I don't have a sibling. It's just me. Um, That longing for, you know, a, a sibling was was there. But then through the grace of God, he has shown me that I've gained so many sisters and brothers in Christ. And that's kind of how I've been able to mend um, that hole. So you have the sons, and mm-hmm. then you fast forward. You you move from Orlando, right? And you move mm-hmm. to Sorrento, and then you create this business, or did you create the nonprofit? Like, what came first? Was what it the business first? or or the nonprofit? Uh,
1: no. What came first was the idea of. Creating a business that our fam could grow with our family. So, like, as the kids grow up, they can learn how to be part of the business as adults with disabilities. So that was the bare bones inspiration for what we were doing. So we mm-hmm. we knew we wanted horses. We knew we wanted to be in the country and have space and all that our our very first like business idea was just to have like a a barn and board horses and you know like it was very centered around horse care and um having a stable for other people to bring their horses and stuff like that and um and then it just started growing I don't know into w- what else can we do on this property to mm. for our business and then as we just started living here more and enjoying the outdoors, and you know, all of this ideas started yes. coming about. Yeah. Puzzle Ranch was born. The nonprofit was born out of let's share this with other people because we know how hard it is to right. be a family that has these challenges. Um, and let's invite other people that have the similar challenges over to spend time here maybe they can camp here maybe they can you know spend time with the animals and it's safe it's welcoming we get it we understand Mm -hmm. we understand um and so I think that goes a long way to other parents and other families because it's not always easy to go out into the world into place where everybody else goes with their typical families and feel Safe, not not safe like as it's dangerous. Not Mm. safe that way, but safe from people's eyes and people's comments and people's uncertainty about the behavior that your child is displaying. It's more of like that kind of safe and um and so it um we have that's what we've been doing and that's how Puzzle Ranch was born and that's the heart of our like our mission and what we're doing is to try to um create that opportunity for families to come and just spend time together try to relax and enjoy being outdoors and feel like it is a safe place literally it's not dangerous and safe in the way that they can they can relax and enjoy and be Mm -hmm. seen and heard and connected with other families that are walking through a similar journey so that's how the ranch is
0: so um awesome in the like just the setup is just so original first and then um the fact that like my son he doesn't have autism but um he can also explore and safe in a way where it you know the the animals are not overwhelming him um like there's not like huge horses only exclusively Mm -hmm. there's little horses and what do you call little horses like ponies not ponies but yeah just, they were, um oh. oh my gosh my mind is just went blank
1: well we used to have some Shetland ponies that that are um that was the breed of them that's but it.
0: yes yeah 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 that's it yeah and he yeah. enjoyed riding on them instead of like a big old horse or whatever horseback riding um yeah okay, okay. and just being from the city, I'm, you know, I, I just told you I'm from New York. So just living in the mm-hmm. city and living in Orlando and then moving out here in a Sorrento where it's more ranch and it's definitely more suburban and um, wide space country side. Um, I've been able to experience things I did not experience in my youth and I'm able mm-hmm. to expose Jaden to things I wasn't exposed to. Like, you know, animals and wide spaces and ranch uh ranch areas and mm-hmm. that's kind of cool because um it's therapeutic in a way for everyone, right. not just for, you know, those with those unique abilities, mm-hmm. but it's therapeutic for everyone and just being in there and just smelling the air and just smelling the nature and what nature does. And it doesn't always smell like them all, but <laughs> You know, it smells <laughs> like nature and that's cool yeah. too, you know, and they're yeah. enjoying that. So um, Puzzle Ranch is just a, an amazing place. And we just kind of, um, I don't know, we just, one Saturday, we just, we just like decided to just go <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> there was nothing happening and we just landed there and, um, and that's and how we then, met that's how we met. Yeah. Like we just having like, just go. And, um, I mentioned it to my husband and he said, you know, Oh, it's like literally a mile away. Let's go. And it was in the middle of, I believe, February. It was, a, it was just a beautiful Florida, in Florida day. And, um, at that time, uh there were there was plans for the cabins and plans for the church and the barn and I I, I don't even remember all the things and I just got so excited because it was just right up the block and it's free and I don't have to pay for you know parking and all that. Mm-hmm. And then um Cameron was, you know, just letting me know about oh, you should come to our events. So I think the next event I volunteered and I had a blast and whimsy, whimsy market was there and there was all Mm -hmm. these vendors and it was, you know, so many families and, um, to experience the animals and experience the, you know, the milling, the, what is it? The milling, is it the milling of the, the mining,
1: yeah,
0: Yeah. the mining, the mining and, um, just all the products that were available. It was so neat. Mm -hmm. And we got rained on and who cared because <laughs> it's Florida and it rains and yeah, it doesn't yeah. and then whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: just to experience that outdoor. Um and again, it's you know, it was free for for, for families and people with multiple children. That, you know, mm-hmm. the things get expensive. So it was just nice yeah, to gosh. experience that at, at Puzzle Ranch and um and I then I told her that, oh, I'm starting my own business. And um and what inspired me is that my grandfather, who he was definitely, I don't think you know this, Cam, but my grandfather was a minister and he um he dedicated his entire life to ministry. Like every aspect of his life he felt like was ministry and giving, and he gave extraordinarily in new york and and, in just so many different ways and one of the things that he um created was a ministry called hedges and highways and Mm -hmm. the goal was to or the mission or a vision or whatever was just to give away free stuff to people that need it like free food and groceries and whatever you need like just shoes and coats and this went on for like years and years, and, um he had a a van that he would bring like you know, to the um to the homeless bring around and it would be packed full of just groceries and socks and just warm things. you know, this is in New York mm-hmm. and then he had dementia, and he moved here with my mom and dad, and I was able to just kind of um get a lot of stories out of him about giving and what that meant. And it just was really um, just astonishing to hear how people were just drawn to him because he was, he was the go-to person who had anything that you probably would need to keep you warm and fed. And yeah, um right. so he died in, um, August of um 2021 and right before I met Cameron I started a grant writing business and grant consulting and I met Cameron in February and um I was kind of still a little shy of telling anyone that like you know I started this business and my husband said hey she's she's a grant writer she can help you so <laughs> before I was even ready, you know. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And we just she just called me out of the blue and was like just able to connect. And I yeah, I I thought she was calling for grant writing services and she was like, Hey, how you doing? And uh how's it going? And she just wanted to get to know who I was and that was like that was awesome. And um I found out that we have a lot in common through conversations and many conversations after that. And um, you know, I but I was able I, to meet someone new, one, get out of my comfort zone, go somewhere I didn't wasn't familiar, land on their property, get to know. <laughs> Someone new, someone nice, and then have like a million things in common with that person. So um And then
1: and then one day I was like, Hey
0: Chanel, you wanna do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And, like, oh my gosh, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and then to find out she was serious was like, oh my God, she's serious. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Living Inspired Podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends and family.
0: Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts.
1: Help other listeners find us by leaving a review.